We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Mm, I have my feet to the ground to hear the thundering hoofprints of the white flash. Oh, look out. I saw you coming, so I just held off. Yeah, I'm looking. You okay, Michael? Okay, a lot of looking at buttons and stuff. Live from Studio C! Uh, what do you see, senor? Dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. Today, uh, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Long-range artillery. Yeah, good question there. Hey, crank that music up, Michael. This is a party. It's an entormation party. You don't Woo! go to many parties. Where the theme is intermation. Let's jump into the pool. No, no, no. No swimming. No hors d'oeuvres. No drinks. Just intermation. Oh, I want to jump into the pool. A combination of entertainment and information, you see. Hmm. And uh, that is an interesting one. So, so we are back to, we are going to give long-range missiles to Ukraine? Yes. What was yes. that whole dance over the last uh, five days? Well, it's pretty clear to me what unfolded. Uh, the Biden administration committed to the Ukrainian folk that we would furnish them with long-range artillery, specifically the stuff that can can hit with great accuracy a target up to 50 miles away. Uh, but we said, but you can't be shooting it into Russia. And they said, no, no, we probably won't. And uh, the Biden administration started to get cold feet and demanded explicit personal assurances that they would not shoot our artillery uh, at the Ruskies inside their borders, to which the Ukrainians replied, and this is some realpolitik. The Ukrainians supply, uh, replied, okay, 
If that's what you need to give us the damn guns, all right, we promise you we won't shoot them into Russia. Now give us the guns. And now that they, well, soon will have the guns, I think they'll probably do what they want with them. And and there's maybe even a chance that uh, we're saying to them, explicitly or implicitly, you made the insurance. What you do with them once you get them, that's up to you. You know, it's also possible that the uh, the Biden team said, look, you shoot those things into Russia, you're done. We won't give you anything else. Yeah, it could I don't be. know. Could, I wasn't there. Could be either one of those things. On the other hand, uh, the great Graham Potus uh, put an editorial in the New York Times this morning explaining how we don't want no war with Putin. All we want yeah. is him out of Ukraine. It's no NATO against Putin. We're not uh, We're not going to let the Ukrainians attack inside Russia, so don't look at us over here. Don't look at us. It still, still seems to me that every pundit that I like says we're still on the too little side of the equation. I don't know any of them that are saying we've we've we we're at, like crossed over into the giving them too much side. I would agree. There are some of those voices, but they're they're fairly rare at this point. Yeah, uh, and the Russians are far enough into Ukraine that the long range missiles have plenty of use before you even get to worrying about crossing over the border into Russia. So. Absolutely. Although with one of their highest priorities being disrupting supply lines, I could see the temptation, certainly. Yeah. Well, do what you got to do, Ukraine. Meanwhile, speaking of escalation, uh, there are uh, increasing voices saying that the naval blockade of uh, a couple of different ports, which could starve millions around the world, as Ukraine is responsible for something like, what, a quarter of the wheat uh, on global markets? I heard that number. I couldn't believe it. I didn't have time to check, but... Uh, I know they produce a tremendous amount of it, um, but there are plenty of people saying, you know, if NATO and all our ships went in there and said, yeah, the port's open now, there's no way the Russians would take that on. They can't. They're already spread too thin. And that's a perfectly legitimate, and I don't know who you need to be legitimate to, God, the UN, the eyes of the world, I don't know. That's a perfectly legitimate argument. Look, we're not trying to go to war with Russia. We're trying to make sure the ports are open so hundreds of millions of people don't starve to death. Yeah, I, I suspect there are intense negotiations going on behind the scenes right now with uh, Putin on this very issue. But, boy, that'll be an interesting one to watch. I think we should start the show officially because we get kind of a fun one, and it leads me into another discussion. Um, the official start of the show goes like this. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Wednesday, June 1st. Brand new year rent's due. The rent is too damn high. The year 2022. Amen to that, brother. It actually is too damn high. It is. Oh, Actually, man. everything is too damn high, which is what I'm about to get to. The year 2022, we are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, then. Let's begin officially according to FCC rules and regulations. I just finished filling out the forms. Here we go at Mark. Hard to believe it's June already. It's June. It is June. Can you believe it's June already? No, it's unbelievable. Can you believe it? They that went, we're in June? They went by quickly. It Holy really did. Cow. There you go. <laughs> a little, uh, little local TV news roundup for you around the country. Uh, uh, amazed at the uh, the passage of time. and uh, Right, right. You know, I just realized what that is, but it's sad. Yeah, and it's, I don't want to make everybody sad. Well, you probably don't want to say it out loud. It's entertainment for stupid people. Well, yeah, or or, or the shut-ins, the friendless. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> See, I told you I'd make you sad. The shut-ins, the friendless. Well, because I myself in the last couple of days have said to friends, family members, etc., can you believe it's June already? What the hell happened in the year? Sure. So it's it's the light exchange that friends make among themselves. I go. don't need a TV I, newscaster to engage that. I, I think you're right about that. Yeah. So, 
the rent is too damn high. Uh, the number one issue in America is inflation. I think that that it literally is the number one issue with oh, almost by, by every far. with sure. almost everybody because as I keep saying, you run up against it every single day. Um, grocery store, restaurant, whatever you're doing, buying gas. And I was just looking at a chart, which this, I, speaking of news and for dumb people, it's, it's uh, put out by dumb people for dumb people, I guess, or they think we're dumb or whatever. Whoa. But any conversation, maybe this should be my motto. I should get it tattooed on my forehead. Any conversation <laughs> that doesn't adjust for inflation huh. uh, uh, is a stupid a stupid conversation. Oh, like, like yesterday we got into gas prices. Just When people talk about gas costs today, you know, 1970 it was a dollar. Well, no! You got to... <laughs> Or, or how much movie Top Gun? It's the most money any movie's ever made. Okay, just for inflation with Jurassic Park or any of your other movies, and then get back to me. Because if you don't do that, it's stupid. And the same thing with consumer spending. There was a lot of talk yesterday about consumer spending being up X percent, and that's good news for the economy. Well, I just saw a chart where if you take the inflation out of it, consumer spending is up. Yeah, it's compared to the pandemic lows coming out of the pandemic. Yeah, we're starting to get back to something like normal um, or even a little better, but way short of the numbers you heard yesterday. If you take the inflation out, yeah, because six percent of that spending is just the same. I'm, I'm buying exactly the same amount of milk I bought two months ago for my kids. I'm sure I don't keep track, but I'm sure that's true. But I'm spending like 10 percent more than I did several months ago because of inflation. Right. It's come, obviously, this is like, how does it even need to be spelled out? But And so the other part with the inflation is uh, President Biden and his team recognize that it is the number one issue in America right now. And he met with uh, Fed chairman and a bunch of people and wrote the op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. Joe was talking about and everything like that. God, I was watching uh, Lawrence Summers, who was uh, Obama's financial guy and used to be president of Harvard, smart guy, Democrat who is not happy with the way things have gone in this administration as a prominent Democrat. He has been pretty out there and pretty loud about things. But talking about the Fed and, and, and what they did right and what they did wrong, and the Fed is a, a, it's a group of, what, 15 guys or something like that? It's just stunning to me that a dozen or so people making a mistake and I would imagine it was mostly an honest mistake. They they thought they were doing the right thing, even though they were going against a lot of accumulated knowledge over a lot of period of time. But well, I'd like to ask Rand Paul, or I'm sorry, Ron Paul, what he thinks of your assessment. But uh, go on, I see your point. Oh, right, right, right. But it, it's just amazing that such a small number of people could make a decision, and we're all paying for it every single day, and might be for years. I mean, yeah. that's hard for me to wrap my head around. A room yeah. full of people, like enough, a small enough number of people, they're sitting around a table, had a discussion, came up with a plan that was so wrong. That's why you're paying so much for everything, and it might be that way for a long time. And now they got to raise interest rates to try to get it under control. So you're going to buy a house at six percent interest instead of two percent interest because of that boardroom full of people in their decision. Yeah, well, and as a guy who likes to understand things, as opposed to just, you know, scoring partisan points, uh, if an honest history of this period is ever written, and it probably will be, and it will be dry, and nobody will read it, uh, they will mention that uh, the Fed made noises for quite some time during the Trump administration, that, hey, the economy's getting pretty hot, we probably ought to raise rates a little bit, and the orange one was just violently against that idea, and it was okay, really. 
until the new administration came in with a compliant Congress and they spent trillions of dollars that were probably unnecessarily unnecessary, poured them into the economy. And, you know, having assembled the tinder and then gathered it up into a nice pile, well, sure enough, it was set fire to and we have the inflation we have now. Yeah, and it's probably going to be around for a while. How does mail bag look? That's pretty good. It'll do. It'll do. Yeah. Well, I can't afford good mailbag. It's too expensive now. So if you go to the restaurant and you say, do you like, what do you like better? Do you like the fried chicken you have here or the roast beef? Eh, they're both okay. That, that's okay with you? That's all right with you? It'll do? Yes. That's what you... Well, in, in these uh, difficult times, yes. Maybe I can't afford the roast beef. Look at the price. It says market price. Maybe that's I don't they, know what the market price is. Maybe that's what they should say more often. It's okay. You'll eat it. You're probably not going to complain. You're, gonna, you're not going to demand your money back. You'll be less likely to starve at the end of the meal. I mean, you're not right? going to be telling the story on your deathbed, but it's okay. <laughs> Tell you what, if you vomit, I'll give you your money back. What is it with all these questions? I'm busy. We're understaffed. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Got a little more on the administration's response to inflation and uh, what's going on behind the scenes. It's kind of interesting. Man, China has some unemployment problems that are definitely interesting. Oh, really? Yeah, which is uh, probably not good news for them and probably good news for us, I hope. As you know, I've been working the China's not quite as impressive as everybody says desk for quite some time. The world's oldest dog learned a new trick, which obviously runs counter to the old <laughs> adage. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's a pretty definitive case. I mean, I, if it's the world's so. oldest dog, yeah, I'd say this might it's not be not a merely old dog. This might be definitive. So. Stay tuned for that. It's an OFD, I tell you what. That's it. <laughs> Some little dog in South Carolina, right? The world's oldest dog? I didn't even check yeah. where it's from. Yeah, 22 years old. Mm, that's an old dog. That's an OFD. Uh, let's do our freedom-loving quote of the day, huh? I came across a list of quotes from Richard Feynman, the great uh, physicist and thinker, free thinker. Uh, interesting guy. Uh, Tim Sandifer recommended uh, his uh, autobiography. I like this quote. And it factors into a number of things we're going to deal with in mailbag. Reality must take precedence over public relations, for nature cannot be fooled. Mm. Mm, yeah, you can twist anything you want with your fancy new words, but nature can't be fooled. Yeah, that's that saying I learned from James Lindsay first, where uh, I don't know if he stole it or not, but reality bats last. That is really good. Yeah, I love that. You can twist and turn everything you want, but in the end, reality will win out. Yes, if you're a giant, hulking, uh, biological male swimming against girls, you probably ought to keep that in mind, for instance. Mailbag. Hey! Boy, a lot of people reacted to the story we did yesterday about the big Illinois school district that is now going to adjust grades according to race. Race-based grading, really, writes Tom in Vegas. How long will it be before the woke demands uh, colleges simply confer a diploma to any minority who requests one? Maybe we, the unwoke on the right, should actually propose this policy. 
and then let the left rightly criticize it as being racist and hurtful to the folks who actually earn their degree. Then we shout back, aha, now you're talking. <laughs> Having trapped them with our inescapable logic. <laughs> uh, let's see. Kay writes, oh, couldn't resist emailing on the same topic. I'm a teacher who uses some of the competency-based methods you discussed. On the one hand, the approach to grading is fantastic and teach and teaches students how to use the vast resources at their disposal to learn in a way that complements their ability and needs. Those who need extra practice can do the homework. Those who do not are not required to complete it. However, as you noted, there are serious drawbacks, principally the lack of an immediate grade-based incentive for students who might need points tied to an assignment to motivate them to do it or to simply show up and focus during class. The fact that this is even necessary is sad, but a topic for another email. For what it's worth, many of those who would do poorly under traditional grading also struggle with this more progressive system. So it's hard to say it's actually having any impact, which I find uh, very Hmm. interesting. Yeah. Uh, On a personal note, love listening to you guys. We disagree on many things, but I appreciate the humor and sanity, etc. Started listening with her dad on the way to school back in ninth grade. Uh, signs off, D-O-E-T-P. Don't over-egg the pudding. That's K. <laughs> so I, I think that you may be over-egging the pudding a bit. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, we apologize for that, K. Uh, but thank you for a lovely note. That's very I, interesting. I feel like if you tell the world's oldest dog to sit, it just looks at you and says, F you. Right. Right. It's like telling your old granny, don't, you shouldn't say that, granny. Granny don't care. <laughs> Uh, hey, guys, regarding uh, grading people based on their ethnicity and skin color, where do I even start? Are the proponents of this program really saying that people who are not white can't learn as well as their white counterparts? They need to be graded differently? Well, they say that they learn differently because of the color of their skin, which is a bizarre notion to me. Uh, that sounds racist, doesn't it? Writes uh, Jack in beautiful Rockland, California. Uh, it's akin to the voter ID claim, asking people who identify themselves as somehow suppressing the black vote. In this case, they're insinuating black people have a hard time getting IDs for some reason. Uh, da, da, da. To quote Joe Biden, it's Jim Crow on steroids. Reducing people to their race and ethnicity is the definition of racism. I'm clearly speechless. Uh, on different uh, fair, different topic, uh, B writes, Guys, not only do I have no problem with vigorous background checks on firearms, but let's extend it to immigration and voter ID. Wow. See what you did there. Well played. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jess in Wiley, Texas says, uh, uh, how about a literal pissing contest? Well, that's a coarse term, but I'll I'll go with it for now. Jess writes, as a biological female, if I were to enter a woman's urination for distance contest and a trans woman sporting all of her original lower male equipment enters and wins, am I transphobic for getting mad and saying they have a biological advantage, even if they have their hormones suppressed to a female range? As OJ says, I'm just saying. <laughs> I I am not attending this sporting event nor watching it on television. But clearly, Damn. a biological male would have an enormous advantage. Yes, yes, yes. I, I get it in theory. I just I'm, I'm turned off by the event. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on... 
the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. My plan is to address inflation. It starts with a simple proposition. Respect the Fed. At the White House, top economic officials are very defensive about months' worth of possible policy missteps as prices continue to rise. So is messaging sabotaging the president? NBC News reports, quote, Biden is unhappy about a pattern that has developed inside the West Wing. He makes a clear and succinct statement, only to have aides rush to explain that he actually meant something else. The so-called cleanup campaign he has told advisors undermines him. Yeah, that was a reporting from NBC News that he is unhappy that they have run out a couple of times and contradicted him, which leaves me wondering, well, which which is the truth then? So he meant to say that, which is fine, like on the what was the most recent one that everybody got all excited about? Oh, changing the policy on Taiwan. Um, uh, No, no more. Uh, Constructive ambiguity. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, we we would absolutely come to their aid militarily. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. A bunch of bunch of people seem to think that's a fine policy anyway. So whatever. Um, but how does he not have a relationship with his own staff? Where no, 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 no. If I said something, I meant it. You don't immediately tell reporters I meant the opposite. What the hell is that? And they pat him on the head and say, "Okay, great, Grandpotus. We'll try not to." All right. Um, Well, no, I'm not being sarcastic. I think that is the situation. He doesn't think 
his off-the-cufferies need any cleanup, and his team... And certainly his chief of staff, who actually runs the place. Um, and I, I, I'm not, that was not a shot. That's just what the chief of staff is supposed to do. It makes the ch- trains run on time. Um, but the chief of staff says, yeah, we actually kind of do need to clean it up around the edges. Wow. So there's a tension there. So the Wall Street Journal has this report. Some Biden officials have said they should publicly accept that the administration's stimulus contributed to higher prices while arguing that such steps were worthwhile. Others in the White House have been opposed to making such concessions. So that's the, look, people aren't buying the whole inflation is caused by the war in Ukraine thing that you keep saying. Mm. We need to admit out loud that the spending caused a chunk of the inflation, but we need to say it was, but it was necessary. That absolutely seems like, just from, not not from a, I'm agreeing or disagreeing with the policy, just from a, if I was in charge of that, Mm. I think that's a better way to go. Because I don't think people are buying the... Everybody was talking about inflation before the war. We all know that. Right. If I were a coldly cynical political operative, I would be looking at polling, honestly, to see, you know, how how people reacted to those messages. I mean, for instance, and, and we touched on this, we didn't really get into it, but you remember when there was a spasm for a couple of days of not only Elizabeth Warren, but some administration types saying, it's greedy corporations. These corporations are gouging. They're greedy. That's why they're raising prices. Well, there were internal communications that leaked out that Biden, the Biden team didn't believe that. They just thought, well, that would be an appealing message. People would would say, yeah, yeah, greedy corporations, and not blame us. So let's pitch that. The problem was nobody really bought it. So, yeah, they're that cynical. Of course they are. So the company that makes widgets, the parts for widgets, are more expensive now, too. Everybody gets that, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and Widget Co. can't hire anybody for what they used to pay, and so now their labor costs are skyrocketing. Yeah, I don't think, you know, uh, yeah, anybody with a couple of brain cells to rub together gets that. The world's oldest man has his birthday today. I wonder if he could take the world's oldest dog for a walk. That'd be a, he's in Venezuela. Somebody needs to fly the world's oldest man to uh, the Carolinas to walk the world's oldest dog. I just think that'd be one of the great photo ops in history. Uh, sponsored by uh, Geritol and something. And somebody, I don't know. Yeah, Geritol, the, is that still a thing? No, there are a hundred other supplements. But. On the younger end of things, in China, I mentioned this a little bit ago, and uh, Joe's always on about the various uh, baked-into-the-cake problems China has, demographics, economy, etc., that may slow their rise to the dominant economy on the planet. Chinese cake. (laughs) Uh, In April, China's jobless rate for 16 to 24-year-olds, and that's a group that includes college graduates, climbed to a record 18.2%. Wow. That's three times as high as the national urban unemployment rate in China and more than the 8% in the United States right now. I have been a student of the world long enough to know that jobless young people, particularly jobless young men, lead to serious unrest. Always. Well, that's a fine-looking fire you've built there. How about I pour this gallon of gasoline on? China's one-child policy for several generations led to people selecting boys over girls, so they got a terrible chick shortage as well in China. The Chinese so, chick shortage. So not only... <laughs> 
Are you an unemployed young man with plenty of testosterone and no future? You ain't got a girl. So, yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, fuel for political unrest, violence, etc., that's a pretty good way to go. So one out of six young men are out of work. That's uh, that can that can turn into a problem. We ain't, they ain't got no chicks there. It's I got no problems. job. I got no chick. I'm bad. I'm mad, Chairman Xi. I'm mad. From important to stupid, there's a petition to get Amber Heard cut from Aquaman 2, and it's been signed by four and a half million people. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Take away the right to vote. Oh. Anybody who signed it. Oh, my God. That is unbelievable. Jeez Louise. You know, I, I just I tried to read a piece in The Atlantic about... The Amber Heard Johnny Depp thing has become a joke, and it shouldn't be. It's serious in every way, blah, blah, blah. And I tried to get through it, and they, they went through the various online, you know, bitter, nihilistic people online who are cheering the violence and loving the poop and, and just and trying to make the case that society is coarse and sick. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> I already know that. I just, I, I'm sorry. I'm not going to hang on every word of the damn trial. And, and contemplate domestic violence. They're both crazy liars. From silly. It was so bizarre and, and so grotesque. Ah. From silly and unimportant back to serious, this is news that is just coming out and uh, I think makes a decent point. So we've got one dead, two injured following a shooting at a New Orleans University campus. I don't have any information on this, but there's a decent chance that the shooter's intention was to kill as many people as he could. Maybe not. This might just be a, you know, a, a lover squirrel or something like that. Could be. But these kind of things happen all the time where the intention was if they they wanted to kill 20 people or 30 or how many people they could, but they killed mm. one or two and it barely makes a blip in the news. And I was just thinking from a what do we do about this standpoint? Shouldn't I have just as much information about the ones that were stopped at 2? instead of the intended 24, as to yes. where they got their gun, what the security was there, uh, were they mentally ill, did they have a father in the home, are they on antidepressants? All that data should should be readily discussed as much as the, I hate to use the term, successful shooters, um, because the intention was exactly the same. Well, and I would add to that thought, uh, it would be worth knowing what prevented it from being worse. Right. What happened? What happened differently? Right, right. Uh, but uh, I, I would guess it's much more likely that uh, what happened there is a dispute among young men who believe gun violence is the way to settle, uh, you know, disagreements. Could but, be. Uh, we'll wait and find out. But regularly, these uh, mass shootings. Well, I, I think any mass shooting, the intention of the perpetrator was to go much bigger. Yeah, it just yeah. didn't happen for whatever reason. So we should look at there all those things I just mentioned in the same way. As I've pointed out many times, the difference between uh, being charged with attempted murder, which is you know a fairly serious crime, but not that big a deal, and murder, which will get you put away for the rest of your days, the difference, the skill of the trauma surgeon, mm. which is an odd way to run a criminal justice system. Uh, speaking of criminal justice, quick word from our friends, our beloved sponsor, Simply Safe Home Security. Uh, of course, we talk about keeping randos and criminals from breaking into your home, but How about uh, keeping people from sneaking out, be they a troubled youth, 
uh, an oldster, perhaps with dementia, that sort of thing. They have entry sensors, along with the smoke alarms and cameras and everything else you need to keep your family safe. Yeah, uh, crime is up. People's concern about crime is up, and Simply Safe is there for you, and you can for- afford it less than a dollar a day. It's a system you set up yourself in about 30 minutes. It's won all kinds of rave reviews from people who look at security systems and say Simply Safe is the best. You should go and order it today. Um, 24-7 protection in all kinds of different ways that you are going to like. And more, more importantly, you'll actually use Simply Safe. No long-term contracts. It's less expensive and better. Customize the perfect system for your home in a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. It's fun to do. Go today. Claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with the interactive monitoring, which is great. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Latest poll out of, is this CNN? Economic pessimism growing in the United States. Now 85% of Americans say uh, the economy is poor as opposed to good or excellent, which is 14%. Um, Yeah, well, I don't know. Based on going around and buying stuff, how you'd have any other conclusion, or the fact that however much money you saved is worth 8% less than it was a couple months ago. Yeah, I'd say the is the economy poor is probably the wrong question. That's the way it's always asked, but how's your economic life? Mm. You know what I mean? what's What's your financial life? How is that? I've and and even if I got a good job, which I've had for a couple of years, it's going well and all. But now uh, inflation is just burning uh, up my cash like a fire. No, my economic uh, life is great. I don't care if the GDP is growing X percent. I don't care if unemployment is low or what other ever other measures I'm supposed to be using. I got less money and I'm going to have less next month than I got now. So no, I don't like it. Yeah. Try not to go down that pessimistic rabbit hole. It's easy to do if you start thinking about your savings and stuff like that and what it's worth now versus a year ago. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, pes- and what it might be a year from now. Pessimistic rabbit hole is actually the title of my controversial third album, <laughs> The Experimental. It's one song, like 73 minutes. <laughs> pessimistic rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, it's uh, some of our harder core fans like it, but not many. I was, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, the, the band names is, a, you know, a, an ongoing joke with lots of people with that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was around somebody that was playing um, like modern classical music, and the names of all of those songs oh. are, 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 are every bit as hilarious as the band names we're usually throwing out. I mean, and they're just completely random as far as I can tell. <laughs> yeah. I've tried to get into, like, modern uh, orchestral music. Yeah. Uh, super dissonant and experimental and stuff. And, you know, I'll give them points for uh, working hard at it. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to sit around and listen to it. But. And, you know, and it'll be called something like Grace in the Face of Pressure or, or whatever. You know, just yeah. make up a phrase. Pessimistic <laughs> rabbit hole. Yeah, exactly. Well, speaking, of, speaking of animals, there you are at Yellowstone Park. you got a giant bison right there. It's got its big horns. Get close to it to take a selfie. Get good and close. Okay, what's your reaction to that uh, that uh, advice? Uh, that's stupid. You're an idiot. Yes, exactly. I'm begging you, don't get too close to the bisons. Got a story on that coming up. Oh, fantastic. Doesn't end well. More conversation about changing the Supreme Court and some polling on that that I think is kind of interesting, which is probably going to get hot when the Roe versus Wade thing comes out, which will be in June, right? Today is the beginning of June. It's going to be sometime this month. We'll actually get the decision. 
Yes, was, sir. Was the leaked memo accurate or not? Lots of stuff on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. One of the best coffee studies, if you're a coffee drinker, that has ever come out. And a serious study, not just like a Folgers says. Three out of four coffee drinkers attract women. It's whatever. Uh, no, real like medical study on coffee. We'll get to that in hour two of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, okay. All right. I always like to hear that one of my habits is a good habit yeah, to balance yeah. off the ones that are undeniably not correct. Yeah. Uh, so just a quick uh, politics roundup for you here. Surely you've heard that that uh, character Michael Sussman, the Democratic lawyer, was hooked up with the Clinton campaign, was acquitted yesterday. Was it yesterday or the previous day? Of uh, It doesn't really matter. Of the charge that he lied to the FBI at the outset of the uh, 
the uh, effort to smear Donald Trump's campaign, he went to the FBI, said, hey, I'm just here on my own, uh, not working for a client or anything, but uh, turns out Trump's got a secret server connected to a Russian bank. Yeah, he's dirty as hell. He's probably a Russian agent. Anyway, good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so uh, he was on trial for lying to the FBI as part of the Durham probe, and he was acquitted by the jury. Some folks are focusing on the fact that there were three Hillary donors and one AOC donor on the jury. But honestly, I think the the outcome's less uh, intriguing than that. If he merely lied to the FBI, but they knew this guy's a hack for the Clinton campaign. Everybody knows that around town. He's been working for them for years. He gets paid all sorts of money. So it wasn't material. It didn't actually mislead the FBI. It didn't make them do anything they probably wouldn't have done anyway. Mm. Then, then you will not convict him for it. It has to be material. It had to have had an effect. Interesting. Which, which I like. I mean, because if the FBI decides to question us about something, and they say, uh, uh, how often do you drink wine? And I say, uh, once a month. I mean, it's none of their effing business, and it's not material. Well, I also I have a problem if we go down this road of breaking down juries and say there were more Hillary supporters than Trump supporters or Biden supporters than Trump supporters, whatever. Because we've been very contentious elections, and you're going to have either you're going to have more of one or the other always. And does that automatically discount the result? Always, right. I mean, right. we, it's we like can't the go whole. Down you got to have X number of white people or black people or brown people or whatever. Otherwise, they can't possibly be fair to the defendant. That's insulting. It's disgusting, honestly. Yeah, I, I, well, yeah, it bothers me because do I think I could be fair in an unrelated matter, even if it was the other? Yeah, I think I could be. I absolutely think I could be. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to just vote guilty or innocent on people based on which political side they are. That's crazy. Because you're not a shallow moron. I'm sure exactly. people do, but I don't think most people do. Well, they're shallow morons, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I think more importantly, the trial did bring to light that there was absolutely a plot. The Clinton campaign uh, tried to involve the FBI partly so they could better uh, utilize the media to spread this narrative that the Trump campaign was tied up with the Russians. And that has come to light under oath in court, and nobody can deny it anymore. So it's fine. Whether that fathead Sussman you know, gets fined a few bucks or, or has to pick up trash for one weekend is not that important to me. Uh, another matter of, uh, of some similar note, notably the Washington Post with an article today entitled James Biden. Presidential brother, family helper, political wild card. And they dive into the uh, the uh, Hunter laptop and all the emails and messages and stuff like that. Oh, wait a minute. I thought that was Russian disinformation. I'm sure of it. No, it turns out it's not. Anyway, uh, so the Washington Post goes into it. Here is my favorite quote. Uh, goes to the question of whether indeed the Biden family was running an influence operation peddling influence and access around the globe for zillions of dollars, including uh, for their coquetted, uh, you know, son, uh, Hunter. Uh, James Biden wrote Hunter on October 1, 2017. So this is just, this is the year Biden left office as Veep with the uh, the inauguration in 2017. Uh, just got off the phone with your father, referring to Joe Biden. We have the two biggest days of our business life in front of us. Five exclamation points? Six. That's a lot. We must be smart or everything goes up in smoke. Please call me. You must remain calm. Timing could not be worse. Calm and measured. Paybacks can come later. So 
just got off the phone with your father who never discussed Hunter's business. We have the two biggest days of our business life in front of us. And they go into detail about how he's a fixer and a deal maker and was frequently sued and left angry people behind because he had promised them access to the Biden family and the power, and then he never delivered. Old Jimmy's a bit of a hustler. Well, right. So he could have been making that up, right? He could have been claiming that he got off the phone with his brother because it makes him feel more powerful. But it's... Claiming that to Hunter? Yeah, that would be a heck of a thing, wouldn't it? That'd be an odd thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate you your skepticism trying to defend the Biden crime family, but, but, but you're the last to the party. They're criminals. But <laughs> but ultimately, obviously, it's worth looking into the idea of it's not worth pursuing to figure out if I'm right or you're right. I mean, that, that obviously, it's a story. Yeah, and there's more to it. Plus, Ben Sass on college reform, good stuff. If you can't stay tuned, grab the podcast. Armstrong and Getty on demand. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.